Whether you're listening to Get the Funk Out, this is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm your host, Janine, and we are back with Sasha and Guy Boudreaux. They just produced a documentary called Addicted, the Universal Language of Music. We're going to talk all about that and lots more. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for calling in. Good morning. Hi, Guy. How are you? Hi, Sasha. I'm doing well. How are you doing? Great. I had a chance to watch the film Addicted, and I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. That's your first documentary? Correct. What inspired you to make that? Uh, I'll let Guy talk on that one. Uh, you know, we were we got into a point we got to a point in our in our world of doing doing um, creative things such as creating television shows, etc. That we were we were working for other people, but we weren't necessarily working for ourselves, mm-hmm. and, and we weren't necessarily satisfied internally. So I think what happens in our world is that eventually, when we have when we when we get so busy and we leave that that common denominator of music out of our lives, we feel a little just kind of like we're, we're just kind of flailing in the wind. So yes. we wrapped up on a Food Network pilot that we had directed and written mm-hmm. and uh, immediately figured out that the one thing that was lacking, again, was, was a music component, component in, our, in our life. So what we did um, within less than a week was put together a, um, uh, a concept for a documentary about music, and a week to a week and a few days later, we were in full production. Holy smokes. <laughs> That's really fast. Yeah, it's kind of ADHD, huh? <laughs> I, you know what, though? When, when you find a passion, you're just, let's go, let's do it. Agreed. Absolutely. Agreed. You know? One of the things that was so interesting to me, and I'll, I, wanna, I have a lot of questions about the film, is um, I play guitar, and you get in this um, hypnotic state as a musician, where you don't even realize who's around, what's going on. I mean, it's amazing. It's meditative. Would you agree? Right. Is, that's some, something that you touched on in the film, where somebody said, you know, I watch these musicians, and it's like they're not even there. Or they don't realize I'm in the room. Well, you know, they say, they say the interesting part about being uh, around music or being talented in regards to music is it can be a blessing or it can be a curse, because... <laughs> Whether you, I, I ran across a gentleman a few years ago um, who just happened to be inducted into the Hall, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, he was famous for that for a few tunes from a uh, bass guitar on the uh, uh, Sugar Hill Gang album. And right. uh, you know, after talking to him at length, I discovered that he he had just recently, you know, prior to, to joining or following his musical path, um, was was a law student, and he graduated with a law degree. Look at that. But, yeah, he ended up, but the, the, the interesting part about that is he was homeless for 30 days after that. After the he law degree? Wanted, oh, after, he wanted to follow his passion. Yeah, he, wanted, he, yeah. he, was, he felt so passionate about music, uh, the left side of his brain shut off and the right side of his brain kicked in. To directly, you know, relate to time standing still, that's something that um, was definitely touched on in the film, and, and it was regarding the greatest musician generally will finish a set and will say, oh, my goodness, like, I don't, they, they won't have remembered it maybe um, mm-hmm. because they were in a different time and place um, where time really stands still. And I think that, um, that that's true for anyone who finds that creative beat, whether it's especially through music or, or some other outlet where your brain can just switch over. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also like a good actor on stage. If you've ever done theater, if you really nail your lines, if you really believe you're that character, uh, you really literally do not 
remember where you are after delivering those lines. That's right. You're so present in that moment. Yes. Right. What are your backgrounds? Uh, We have interesting backgrounds. Um, We both have been in and out of art our whole lives. Um, I finished a doctorate degree in physical therapy in 2008 Mm -hmm. and found myself quickly uh, thereafter right back in the art world. Look at that. Um, Which I love. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was one of those things of follow something practical, but the the art world kept pulling me back. Yes. Um, I've been a photographer my whole life, uh, and then I got into cinematography um, while showing up for a reality show. <clears throat> Guy was directing and producing, and somebody didn't show up. He handed me a camera and <gasps> said, you know how to do this. And from that point on, I was uh, not just a cinematographer. I ended up being a DP on quite a few projects, and lit- that led to producing and directing as well. I have to interrupt for a quick second. Do you ever have people saying, how come you're not using your doctorate? Or Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> especially my family. They don't get it. <laughs> They're like, oh, this doesn't make any sense, you know. And, yeah. you know, it, it's not a matter of not using it because I, I learned so much that I can apply to other, other um, realms, especially regarding like, human psychology yes. in healing yeah. and in pain, Yes, um, which is very common component and it's something that shows up in film and you know life to me should be loved and should be lived and shouldn't be something that you do for somebody else or something that you do you know especially to make your parents happier because it makes you know it makes more practical sense mm-hmm. I've okay. followed my passion and have been so much more free and happy really since I can relate to I can this relate to and I'll tell you why. I have a doctorate in media and technology from Boston University, and I had people say, how come you're not using your doctorate? Don't you want to use your doctorate? And wow. you know what? They, you do, in a sense. I mean, it's a, it's a great use of time, and it's, I call it mental boot camp to go get a doctorate. Right. But, right. but there are certain skills that you learn that you have with you no matter where you are. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You can't do things to please other people. I know other people who've gotten law degrees and doctorates and whatever, and then they find themselves miserable. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And I think um, Michael Crichton, I believe, is with a physician first before going into writing, if I'm thinking correctly. Yes, I think I heard Um, that. Yeah, yeah, which I was like, oh, that's fantastic. (laughs) That's great. I know. Well, I I will tell you this, from a business standpoint, if I were to be reincarnated, I would come back and own several universities. You would. Why is that? <laughs> Why is that? Well, it's because we go into these, we go into debt based on what we think we want to do for a living, and then when we get out, we do a total three sixty. I know. <laughs> but but the one thing that doesn't do a total three sixty is that um, student loan bill that shows up in the mail. I know, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's an interesting dynamic. That's all. So tell me, what have you worked on together? You you, uh, you started, you know, doing some camera work. What led up to this documentary? Um, we did Modern Women, Modern Problems mm-hmm. together, which is a TV show that was just uh, released on uh, VHX, uh, VHX platform. Uh, VOD platform. VOD platform. All right. And um, we also just this uh, in September wrapped up a documentary titled Hair, which is how hair or the lack of it affects identity. Oh, that's and interesting. And that is currently being um, sent to festivals. And we just started our fundraising campaign for a documentary titled Walking Tall, which is about a man who broke his neck and was a quadriplegic. 
and has just learned to walk again, and that's all on camera. I read that, <laughs> that he started wiggling his toes. Yeah. <gasps> and now he rock climbs and he plays golf. I mean, that's yeah. mind-blowing. <laughs> that's How did you discover that story? Um, he was actually my patient because I was, I was treating as, um, a few years ago up in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. And so I discovered him while I was in his home, and I said, look, I'm a documentary filmmaker. I'd love for this journey to be followed. And uh, he kind of, I think, thought I was nuts, but he's like, okay, trust in my judgment, because he's laying in bed paralyzed, going, what? <laughs> so <laughs> the journey's been followed, and then now we're just raising funds to do some final interviews and then put it all together, you know, for a lot of the post-production. That um, is so amazing. Yeah, he's, he's a testament to strength and, and determination and commitment and to believe in yourself. Mm. Um, which I think a lot of us can relate to in other things in life. Yes. Have either one of you ever been in a funk, you know, and you have advice for getting out of it? Well, it depends on what type of funk you're talking about. Let's say creative funk. Yeah, let's say creative funk. Uh, You know, this is going to sound a little cliche-ish, but, you know, going to the mountains or going somewhere away from the city Mm -hmm. where there aren't as many any distractions in terms of noises such as fire engines and police cars and just everyday things going around you, it helps to kind of reground or reset yourself being in those types of uh, environments, you know, in the wilderness, etc. Oh, I um, believe that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I usually go, I, I go hike by myself in the mountains, and that resets me. Um, but I think it depends on how much of a funk. Sometimes there's a deeper funk, you know, and um, it can't just be found in in going on a vacation or something like that. I think... People need to delve into their soul a little deeper and find out what they really want in life, and not just what they want, but why. Mm-hmm. Why do you want it? And connect with that again, and connect with your reason for living, what you really stand for. And when you can identify and resonate with that, then you can launch in that new direction. That's great advice. But now I'm going to give you my I'm going to give you my side of it. Okay. And that is, especially in LA, when you're trying to create things amongst this thing we call entertainment in Hollywood, you, it can be very discouraging and disappointing to try to break into the regime, if you will. Right. Um, very discouraging. And ultimately, you have to believe in yourself, and you have to, at some point in, ter- in time, create a blueprint for creating your own destiny. And if that means shooting your own show, if it means doing the most of the work yourself and building relationships along the way... Um, those are things that can help you re- help become re-inspired because you can be, you can be beat up pretty bad out here in Hollywood. I agree. I mean, it, yeah, it's it's a, it's it's not an easy task, but it is it is a, everything you want is attainable. You just have to take a deep breath and be able to believe in what you in what you have the ability to create, and um, be intuitive enough to know that if you don't have the ability to do certain things, to go out and reach out to other people that can help you, and in turn you help each other. No, that's really great advice from both of you, actually, because I actually do voiceover and I do some on-camera work. And sometimes it's a catch-22. Like, for instance, you can't get an agent unless you have work, but you can't get work unless you have an agent. But then you have to say, well, let me try to create my own work, my own opportunity, you know, make my own content. You can make things really funny and clever. I mean, I don't know if you watched the Oscars last night, but a bunch of students created 60-second films. Did you hear about this? 60-second yeah, films. Yeah, they, they had them on stage, yeah. 
oh, I, I want to go online and watch these because, you know, what what is that? You know, first, second, and third act, it wraps up like a commercial. I mean, that, it's fascinating. Right. Yeah. Future, yeah, future... Future filmmakers, mm-hmm. and I, I love to see it. You know, and if you look at if you look at the um, the Oscars, it's let's go back thirty years. I mean, you're going to see different faces. There's a, there's an Oscar winner sitting on a couch somewhere right now. Right. You know, there's a. So I like I like the um, the cycle of, of talent that gets gets funneled through um, uh, you know the Oscars and Hollywood, and, and it's not like modeling. You know, people are always worried about you know. They want somebody that's 20 years old or 21 years old that's tall, that's this or that. Not anymore. Not anymore, no. And, you know, acting as a whole is there is no age limit on acting. You know, if the camera loves you and you know how to deliver your lines and you have, uh, you know, the will to to do what you need to do, it works. Yes. You know, I used to feel, though, oh, I'm getting older, it's too hard to get an agent or do this and that, it's baloney. You know, I'll go to some meeting at SAG-AFTRA, and I'll see people that are a lot older than I am, and they're still working and doing, and it's a mindset. I met a man who was 99 years old, and he had started his career acting at 84 (gasps) because him and his wife were bored and went to an acting class. (laughs) He became... He became very well known. He was in cast in loads of commercials, Seinfeld, you name it. And it was like, I mean, he got this really illustrious career starting at 84. I love it. Um, lasting until I think he was in his uh, mid-90s, so physically he couldn't keep it up anymore. <laughs> well, do you remember the Wendy's commercial, the little old lady? That, she sounded kind of yeah. like, where's the beef? You know, I mean, right. and she wasn't a spring chicken. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I lo- I love it because you um you sometimes we get in our own heads and we're in this funk and then it's like I feel like you have to get outside and look around you. I mean there are people that go through so many other struggles that are so much bigger than you. Right. And I, and I think to remember that you're not the only one struggling. I think yes. so many people get caught up in their own head and think that they're the only one, you know, with this internal strife. But most people have something going on. Yes. You know, yeah. and um and two, to look beyond to look beyond self. So to look at again, like what what can you provide to the greater collective, mm-hmm. and make it make it not about you. Make it something bigger. And oftentimes that takes the attention away from yourself that allows you to open up. No, I love that. That's so true. Let me go back to the film "Addicted: The mm-hmm. Universal Language of Music." What would you like people to walk away from this film? What would you like them to you know think about or some of the messages behind it? I think that the primary thing I would like for them to walk away from this film and, 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 and really think about is the, the power of music at all levels. And it's not about the, uh, the stuff you hear on the radio that's force-fed to you. You know, I, you know, I'm a decent singer, but look, at the end of the day, I'm not going to get a record deal anytime soon. But if you put $5 million behind me and do some, some minor tweaks, you've got yourself a star. Yeah. That's not... That's not, in my opinion, what the universal language of music is about. The universal language of music is something you can't see, but it's something that people have to do, and it's it's a it's a it's a huge mood stabilizer. Oh, sure is. Um, so, to answer the question directly, I want them to walk away from this film wanting to sing and wanting to explore oh. deeper uh, the this message about in about or in regard to the universal language of music. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd like to do a celebrity version of this because at the end of the day, every celebrity was an unknown. That's and right. it was still this thing called the universal language of music, which we cannot see, 
um, that continues to inspire people. But I think I want people to be inspired. I want people to be uplifted. And for the amateur artist that's just as good, if not better, than mainstream artists, I want them to be heard. Because, in my yes. opinion, they are just as good, if not better, than most mainstream artists. That's right. By way of pure talent. That's right. They're just undiscovered, you know. Absolutely. Have... absolutely. Yes. Yes. I, I think music is, is essential for life. And it's something that we resonate with as a collective. We bond as humans through it. Um, the, the gentleman in the, in the film who survived the Civil War, that was how they survived the war, was through music. Mm. And I think there's, a, there's some level of that to all humanity, and it's something that when you hear a song, it can speak for your soul what sometimes the words can't speak. or You, you can't create in your head, but it can identify exactly with what you're going through and get you through it. Yes, I agree. Where can people find out more about you and the film? They can look either, either of us up on IMDb. I've uh, got Sasha Boudreaux, B-O-U-D-R-E-A-U-X, and Guy Boudreaux. And the film is addictedmusicdoc.com. The, uh, our hair is hairdocumentary.com. And then Walking Tall, we have, a, uh, we have a campaign going right now through Hatch Fund, H-A-T-C-H. Fund, which is a curated like, Kickstarter campaign, and people can look up Walking Tall on that if they're interested in reading more about it. Now, do you have any other uh, projects that are coming up, or are you just going to you know, fin- wrap these up? What's going on next? We, um, I'm actually working on, I'm curating an event for a, a nonprofit out of South L.A. that will help. It's a healing ex- live art installation that's a healing exercise for young women and successful women who have been abused. And that will be taking place in July or August at the DeRay Gallery, D-E-R-E Gallery on Melrose. Um, We are hoping to launch that with a magazine such as O Magazine to really shed light on this issue that is really an issue in so many women's lives and to show them that they can just not just survive it but thrive beyond it. That's great. Yeah, and then we also are working with uh, Elizabeth Sunday. She's a well-known photographer, and we are putting together a documentary showcasing her her work in uh, in Africa, living with tribal peoples all over Africa, and really her life lessons that she has taken away from all of those experiences. You both are incredible. And on top of all that, we hope to be co-financing some A-list pictures that will hopefully come to a head here in about two to three months. And you're located in L.A.? Yes, right outside of L.A. in Marina Del Rey. That's fantastic. Both of you are doing really, really incredible stuff. I posted your information on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I love what you said at the end, Sasha. You said, your mission is to affect greater positive change in the world through the visual arts. Yes. When I got my degree in physical therapy, so working in medicine, I realized that the effect I could have one-on-one, but it wasn't enough. I knew that I was capable of putting bigger messages out there in the world that could affect that positive change. And having been an artist, uh, I was naturally, like I said, I ended up naturally taking this course, uh, bringing me into film. Um, Again, I kind of teased it by accident. And... It, it, but, it, but it's not an accident now. It is, it is the perfect medium to 
cause people to realize within themselves a different viewpoint or mm-hmm. a different way of being that can better resonate with, with the world. I love it. I want to thank both of you so much. Did you want to uh, leave us with some parting advice before we wrap up? Well, before we wrap, if we have time, I'd like to know one of your favorite uh, snippets uh, in the documentary. Let's see. Um, there were so many artists that were very intriguing. Let me think. Let me think. Oh, I know. The brother and sister. They talked about how they had lost their mom, and they talked about how music just brought them together and made sense. And then I listened to them perform, and it, they were amazing. But, yeah. but, you know, when you do lose a parent... It's so awful. And to have a universal connection and this bond to hold on to each other, that was powerful. Yeah, yeah well put. You know, my father passed away last year from lung cancer, and oh, he, wasn't the best communi- he wasn't the best communicator in the world, but guess who inherited his record collection? <gasps> you. Wow, you're yeah. lucky. You know, and, and through that record collection, I, I, I understood him better. Mm-hmm. I know. Very- you know, yeah. it, uh, it is interesting, and... Very few people have records. Yeah, yeah. I just want to share with you, I do have my records, and I was showing my daughter, who's 15, one of the first albums I got. It was ACDC, Back in Black, by the way. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, this is what your mom got at your age, because a friend of mine was listening to it, and, and we had just seen them on the Grammys. And she said, this is so cool that this is what you got at my age, and then you're actually sharing this with me physically. Here it is. Yeah, that's right. awesome. Right. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I want to thank um, you so much. Did you want to say something? Yeah, I think as far as parting words, I think, I, I think something that's so important for people to realize is that we all have gifts inside of us. Um, we are all a gift, and really connect with what your gift is and live through that. And that is what will resonate with your, yourself better and with others and will leave you in a place of more peace, a place of more uh, purpose. Yes. Sometimes we don't know what our gifts are, and we have to be patient with ourselves, you know, right. tr- try new things, whether it's writing or filmmaking or whatever. But that's great advice. Thank you. You're welcome. I would hope to meet both of you sometime. I'm in Orange County, and I come to L.A. from time to time, so uh, maybe I'll send you I'd an email. I would love that. I would be great. Absolutely. Thank you so much, and I really enjoyed the film. Thank you so much. All right, thank you. All right. I'll send you a link uh, within an hour after we wrap. Okay. Okay. Have thank a great you. day. Bye-bye. That was Sasha and Guy Boudreau joining me to talk about their film, Addicted, the Universal Language of Music. If you missed any part of this and you want to find out more about them, it is up on my blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. That's a wrap for me. I'm your host, Janine. This is Get the Funk Out every Monday at 9 o'clock. And uh, up next, Sheldon Abbott with Cure for the Blues. And uh, I'll see you back here next Monday. Have a great one. J'ai décidé de me faire du bien, de me faire couler un bain, d'étaler toutes les photos de moi, de les commenter.